And now, Dick Tracy. This is Dick Tracy on the case of the positive negative. Stand by for action. Let's go, men. Yes, it's Dick Tracy, protector of law and order. On January 23rd, 211 years ago tomorrow, there was born in the English colony of Massachusetts a man whose signature is perhaps the best known in American history, John Hancock, the first person to sign the Declaration of Independence. After graduating at Harvard in 1754 at the age of 17, John Hancock entered his uncle's business, and when his uncle died 10 years later, he inherited the business and a large fortune. Well, after the so-called Boston Massacre in 1770, he was a member of a committee which demanded that British troops be taken out of Boston. The British governor, offended by a speech made by Hancock, attempted to arrest both Hancock and Samuel Adams. Well, this arrest is supposed to be one of the objects of the British expedition, the Concord, which led to the first battle of the Revolutionary War. John Hancock went on to greater things. He was president of the Continental Congress. He was, of course, the first signer of our Declaration of Independence, and his last office was president of the convention that adopted the federal constitution. And so, Tracy fans, let's all join in saluting John Hancock, a great American patriot whose birthday anniversary will be celebrated tomorrow. And now, Dick Tracy. Tiptoes, the sinister news photographer, attempted to start a fire in a warehouse yesterday, but the plan was not quite successful. He did manage to get some good pictures, however, when one of the fire engines overturned on its way to the fire. Well, meanwhile, Dick Tracy and Pat Patton, convinced that the fire was set by tiptoes, investigated and discovered that the night watchman had been bound and gagged and left to die in the intended fire. And now, as they drive back to the station house, Pat Patton turns to Dick Tracy and says, Richard, it's just got to have been tiptoes who started that fire. I think you're right, Pat. Nobody else could have sneaked up so quietly on the night watchman. It gives us a new slant on this character, all right. It certainly does. Because whoever started that fire is a killer. He left that night watchman bound and gagged to face certain death in the fire. The only reason he didn't die was because the building was equipped with a smoke detector. And all of that fits in with what Junior told us about Tiptoe's bungling. A careful person who knew as much about that warehouse as Tiptoe seemed to know would have found out that it was equipped with a smoke detector and was a poor place to start a fire. Yeah, and remember the rope that tied up the night watchman. It looked as though it had been tied by somebody who'd heard and not described, but had never actually seen one. Yes, it all adds up to the very strong possibility that it was tiptoes. But unfortunately, that's all it adds up to. But surely it's enough to arrest him on. Oh, think a minute, Pat. What evidence will we give to the D.A.? Somebody sneaked up quietly behind the night watchman. Tiptoes can sneak quietly... Somebody tied sloppy knots. Tiptoes tie sloppy knots. How long would that stand up? Well, but what about that interval timer that was used to start the fire? A gadget with a serial number destroyed and of a type sold in every hardware and photographic supply store in America? Try again. Well, well, what about us seeing him hurrying away from the scene of the fire? Hours after the watchman was tied up, and probably with a perfectly legitimate set of news pictures in his camera. Pat, if you want to pick up a paper at this corner, I'll be willing to bet that one of those pictures will be on the front page. So soon? Uh, I'd bet a hundred thousand that it isn't. You're on. Give me a journal, please. Here you are, mister. Thank you. 
Well, Mr. Tracy, this is one time that you're going to... But what do you know? That makes $4,800,000 that you owe me. You'll have to settle up one of these days. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to bust open my piggy bank. Yeah, let me see the paper. Here, read it and weep. Spectacular picture of burning fire engine taken at the corner of North and Pine by the well-known news photographer, Otto Focus. Mm. Firemen may be seen giving first aid to two of their fellow members who were hurt in the crash. How do you like that? I don't, but it's just what I expected. It gives him a perfect alibi for his speeding. And what can we do? No fingerprints, nobody saw him go into the building, or even saw him in the vicinity when the watchman was attacked. Absolutely nothing. But what about Junior? Yes, that is something we can do. We've got to warn him that he's working for a dangerous killer. Which, if I know Junior, won't stop him. No, no, but it'll slow him up. Come on, Pat. Let's get to a telephone. Did you see the billing I got for the fire engine picture, Anna? How could I miss it? Very gratifying, very. Spectacular picture. Otto Focus, well-known photographer. <laughs> that ought to just about make me queen of the May among the spot newsboys. It's a good break, all right. And when break, it was a brilliant photographic accomplishment. Tiptoes. Do you want to know what I think of that picture? Mm, not terribly, but if it'll make your little heart happy... What do you think of the picture? It stinks. Yeah? A terse, concise criticism. May I point out that the papers didn't think so? They wouldn't know a good picture if it came up and bit them. Let me tell you what's wrong with this one. I'm all ears. I've got news for you on that point, too, but we'll let it go for the moment. Thanks. First, the technical faults. As usual, you got your exposure wrong. You overexposed so badly that you lost all the texture and sheen of the wet street. Ah, minor point. Then if you'd moved over about three feet, you'd have still gotten the same view... But the backlighting you would have picked up would have made that big mass of fomite glisten like snow. Amazing. Have a grape? Now, for the human interest angle. I can see from the direction in which the fire chief's walking that if you'd waited just a split second longer, he would have moved enough to allow you to have gotten a clear shot of the injured fireman's face. Much more powerful, much more dramatic. Rubbish, the only way to take news shots is to be the first one at an accident. Step up to it, point your camera, and click the shutter. Yeah. You sure you won't have a grape? No, thanks. Oh, I know there's no use talking to you because people keep paying you for these atrocities you call pictures. Quite right, my dear. You're just not commercial, that's all. Tiptoes, that does it. First you start a fire. Then you bungle it so completely that all you get out of it is about two bits worth of smoke. And then, with the luck of the Irishman who fell into the pigsty, a fire engine obligingly turns over right in front of your camera. And so that makes you a great photographer. Really delicious grapes. Can't you stop eating for a minute? If you get any bigger, you won't be able to get into your car. The day that someone hears me walking up behind them will be the day that I start to diet. Might also be the day you die. You know, you're a very morose person always talking about death. Can't we talk about something else? Like what, for instance? Like a plan I have for killing a couple of bank messengers. Oh, fine. Let's not talk about death, he said. What I meant was, let's not talk about my death. No, this is probably the greatest plan I ever had because it'll get us some great pictures plus about $10,000 in cash. On the surface, it sounds all right. 
What gives? Now, there's a certain armored car that carries the payroll for a large factory, and it uses the same route and runs at the same hour each week. So? Well, it'll come down Western Avenue and pass 110th at three minutes past six tonight. And then? Well, about half a block up the hill, an explosives truck will be parked. Its drivers will be eating in a dog wagon. Well, is the picture becoming any clearer? <laughs> Tiptoes, that's positively the most harebrained scheme you ever thought up. And you've thought up some honeys. Think, Anna. $10,000. How could you be sure that the truck would roll to the intersection at the exact moment when the armored truck would be passing through? Would you hand me some more grapes? Thanks. Mm. It's quite simple. I know the weight of the truck and the angle of the incline. I figure that it would take the truck starting from a dead stop exactly 34 seconds to reach the intersection. And timing the armored truck with my stopwatch, it takes it exactly 34 seconds to reach the intersection from the church up the street. You know, it really doesn't sound bad. If only you planned your pictures with the same care that you planned your accident. Well, that wouldn't be nearly as much fun. Well, what do you say? You have a chance to pick up all the money before a crowd gathers? No, it's in a couple of canvas satchels. The explosion will demolish the cab of the armored truck, but it shouldn't do much more than rip open the part where they carry the money. So? These are good grapes. Well, let's go. It's almost six o'clock. There's a dog wagon. There's a truck in front. Which one is the explosive the one? The one with all the colored lights, the Christmas tree truck drivers call it. Mm-hmm. All explosive trucks have to be lit up that way. It's one thing that's been bothering me. We know the truck will roll straight after I release the brakes. Well, that type of truck has a lock on the steering wheel as well as on the ignition. That means that the wheels are locked straight and there's no one parked between it and the corner. Okay. Now, let me get this straight. Climb up in the cab and I release the brakes, then jump to the ground and walk away. Right. Everybody's inside getting ready for dinner. I'll drive alongside the truck and you open the door and stand up on this seat. When I say now, you start the truck to rolling. I get it. And I'll turn the car into the side street and come out at the intersection a few seconds after the crash. With luck, the street light should be blown out so that it'll be dark when I pick up the money. What'd you switch the motor off for? Patience. The armored truck hasn't come over the hill yet. Mm, give me some more grapes. We haven't got any more. Have a walnut. Yeah, thanks. Well, if I get all the money in the truck, we should have nearly enough to get married on. The least you could do would be to stop eating while you're proposing to me. Yeah, then I might not have the strength. Well, save your strength for getting the money and the pictures. Sure, you get good ones. How can I miss? If I can spot the money quickly in the dark, I'll stash it in the car, and then I'll take some of the greatest... <laughs> We're on, Kate. There's the armored car coming over the top of the hill. Are you sure we ought to do this? We, we might get caught. It's too late to worry now. There she is. She's all yours. Hold it here. I can reach in, all right. You sure you know what to do? You only got about seven seconds. You give the word, I'm set. All right. Now. It's off. Get lost, kid. She's rolling.
moment we'll return to Dick Tracy. But first... Hey, kids, what does Saturday mean to you? Well, I suppose it means no school. That's, uh, that's the most important thing, huh? That pops up in your mind first of all. And then next, uh, fun. Of course, everybody likes to have fun on Saturdays. Well, here's an extra special way to enjoy yourself Saturday mornings. Just gather around that radio of yours and listen to the Abbott and Costello Kids Show. Now, here's a show that was designed just for you, just like Dick Tracy, with those famous comedians Abbott and Costello up to all sorts of hilarious goings-on. Abbott and Costello conduct a whole bunch of contests on their Saturday morning fun fest. So why not see if you can outguess the contestants? In addition to this, you 